You just gotta, uh, you gotta do a little rotation there. I guess you're just gonna have to take the wildest guess you can. Looks like a green screen, but Looks that's like a pretty a, cool truck. Pretty cool truck, huh? What yeah. is that? It looks like my sister's truck, only a flatbed. Well, I wish I could say it was my truck, but it's not. It's not. I wish I could say this is actually where I live, but well, I can. I can say that. <laughs> so how you been? Dude, I've been super good. <laughs> I hope you've been good too. Otherwise, it's gonna be depressing for one of us. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let me see if I can tap into the depressing part of uh whatever's been going on with me so that we can have like a balance to this episode. What do you say? Um, okay. I mean, I just as long as you're as long as it's all honest and everything's everything's, you know. Whatever, whatever you're, is actually going on, that's really what I want to know. So, I mean, yeah. Well, let's see. Let me let's think. Start, let's start with the bad news first, I guess. <laughs> I don't really, I don't actually have any bad news. Oh, that's good. That that's not that that's not depressing. <laughs> I've got no bad trying, news, but let me tell you about balance. the depressing part. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was just trying to balance out your giddiness. No, we're actually having a good time over here. My wife's in California right now. So we're playing like the single dad, also working, juggling, getting kids to school and back from all their clubs now that they're older and stuff like that. But no, it's good. I stopped by uh, I stopped by the liquor store to pick up a bottle of bourbon for tonight. And they had the Maker's Mark cask strength, which I hadn't tried the cask strength stuff yet. So I like not- the story behind this brand. Yeah, they they have a couple good stories. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty good bourbon. So the calf strength is good. Yeah, the old weeded what? bourbon. Yep, forty six. Or not forty six. Sorry, the uh, the private res- not private release, like the FAEO two bottles and stuff. Uh, they're the signature series. Some of the best weeded bourbon I think I've ever had. Oh yeah. Okay. Plus, they do weird things like dip their tops in wax. That reminds me of me selling my superdoors and cookie tins and yep. stuff like that. Hand-dipped, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got Wild Turkey Bottle and Bond, something I only enjoy with a cigar. That's why That's why this is happening. I uh, also yeah. got you uh, at least one bottle of Eagle Rare. At least one. Let's just say at least one. You have multiples, but you don't know if you're going to share. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can read between the lines. <laughs> no, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know how many times I saw a bottle and was like, ooh, I got to get some for Garrett. I don't, I honestly don't remember how many times that happened in the last month. So that's why I'm not sure how many I have for you. I got you. I got you. Cool, man. Well, it's been a little while. We've been up, up to some things over here. So I'm I know. I'm to get together with you and talk about this episode. I know. I've, I've been seeing it. I've, I've seen you. I saw you had Adam over there, and I was bummed because I meant to jump on the uh, the Patreon Zoom call, but the, my timing was off or I had baseball with the kids or something. Something Because I saw the <laughs> Patreon link. I saw, got the email that Adam was going to be on. I, like, oh, I got to jump on and have fun with those guys, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> That yeah, was pretty cool. Well, you remember, I mean, a lot of you guys listening probably heard the episode with Adam Wickens right after we did the snake discovery thing last summer. 
So that was a good time. And he and I have been talking about we need to hang out ever since. We only live like four hours apart. So I convinced him to come down to do our, our we do the Wednesday night live stream for everybody on the Reach Out Reptiles YouTube channel. But I was able to talk him into staying for an extra day just to go kind of goof off and see the sights and everything. And uh, I mean, you've you've gotten the the tour of Pittsburgh before via Garrett, but it's been getting more and more interesting every time I do it because we find more things and do stuff and everything. So I, I saw a, a uh, blue slide park. I saw yes. blue slide park. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no, I, I just saw Adam posted it. It, it, it said blue slide park. So. <laughs> Oh, that, that's it. It was, um, oh man. Oh, everybody gets mad at me for not knowing this. There's some, there's some rapper that came from Pittsburgh and he went to school right there and he ended up, uh, committing suicide and stuff. And it kind of made his, oh. his but he was really, uh, it's Mac, uh, Mac something Mac. Oh, Mac Miller. Is Maybe. he from Pittsburgh? He's the one from Pittsburgh. I don't what? know. I mean, when you yeah. say Max of that, there was, I don't know if he actually, Forgive me, because I also don't follow that stuff too closely or that world that closely. But Mac Miller was he a white kid? Yeah, white kid sounds yeah, familiar. Mac, Mac yeah, Miller, like fairly positive. And yeah, and super good, super talented. Yeah, so he he's from Pittsburgh. So we actually like downtown Pittsburgh. So we went down there to go see it, and I was thinking like, okay, yeah, there, I mean, there's like, I guess some hard areas in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, I came from L.A., so maybe comparatively i don't know i was just thinking like pittsburgh i mean it's not detroit or anything you know it's not la you know where you're singing about gun violence and all this other kind of stuff i think just about any any city has their their zone of the city you know what i mean yeah not this one (laughs) but but that was kind of the point like when we got there we were like this is a super nice neighborhood. Like that's the biggest high school I've ever seen. That's like all made out of stone and carvings is huge. And, and like, it's right by Frick park. It was just this beautiful park, bunch of families, moms and kids. Although there was this one area around this blue slide and it's not a slide, like what you're thinking, like a, you know, like the elevated playground platforms of the slide. That goes no, I down. saw the picture of it. He was sitting on the slide in the picture. Right. Adam, it's, Adam was yeah. It's more like a poured concrete gutter right <laughs> you can slide down you can barely tell it was blue <laughs> right i wonder how many times they've had to paint it because it looks like the kind of slide like you walk away with a blue butt you know what i mean but um but yeah it was it was pretty cool because there was uh picnic benches and all this stuff around it and it was funny like I, i'm not in the know adam knew what was up and thomas was like i can't believe you're from pittsburgh you never heard of him it's got to be mac miller yeah. um I saw some videos of him like doing some like freestyling, like at class or something, like at recess or whatever at high school or you know in between breaks, and it was it was good. Definitely, yeah. definitely was talented. I think he dated a, a, a Ariana Grande too or something. Like they had songs together. Well, he like. so he was like very big, very mainstream. You know, it wasn't like big in Pittsburgh, but like big everywhere. Um, and uh, and I I just don't follow that kind of stuff but it was funny because there was a bunch of you know i'd say kids 20 to 25 year olds like taking pictures and looking at all this there's all this like you know oh we love you mac and all this kind of stuff written all over the the benches and stuff there i think everyone was really sad and then there was some you know i'd put her at like maybe 38 year old suburban white mom with like three kids you know what i mean all this kind of stuff fairly well off and she's like oh yeah yeah he went to school right over here was a little younger than me but blah 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 and they they all knew the the story you know i was like i i 
or wouldn't place her in like as a, a music fan of because uh, it was rap, right? Um, I was like, I, I don't know, maybe she's into it or whatever. But I, I get the feeling that you know when you have a, I mean, not that Pittsburgh is a small town, but a smaller town, then you get these like kind of big celebrities from those areas, then uh, everybody knows them. So, oh. Awesome. Finley making noise over here on the side. You gonna be okay? I'm gonna make him go to sleep. You guys, <laughs> you guys want to hear what it's like when when Garrett's being a dad after nine thirty? I mean, I feel like I've heard it before, but if you want everybody else <laughs> to hear it too, that's that's your prerogative, Wait, sir. You need to go to sleep, dude. <laughs> making noise pollution up there. I feel like it was pretty mellow. <laughs> I'll close that door off and turn the light if you got an issue. <laughs> Thank you. Good boy. Well, we've got all the kids here. I tried to put them to bed just a little while ago, but I've been spoiling them a little bit. Not not so much spoiling them. I've I've had I've been doing my own like dad strict thing. Like they try to negotiate with me and get more time on their iPads or less chores, and I'm like. <laughs> That doesn't fly. I don't know if that works on your mother, but it don't work over here. <laughs> on the other hand, it's like, let's all eat ice cream and watch movies <laughs> you know, because that's what I like to do. Yeah, so, I think we we lead similar lives, Hartle. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny because they're just like learning how to negotiate. I've been working so much lately that, uh, you know, Ashley's kind of been doing everything. But Ashley's dad is having a big 30-year celebration at his work. And, like, all people are, you know, coming from all over the place. To, gotcha. I was going to ask you why she went and not the kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just, uh, it was too much to coordinate, like, a quick trip with everybody. And, it's it, you know, honestly, it's not worth it. It's, like, thousands of dollars to fly our family across the country. So we just sent her out there because it was really important for her to be there. And I, I'm bummed out. I wish I could have gone because, you know, like, all my brothers and sisters-in-law are there and stuff like that but that seems like all my trips to california it's like i'm there for two days there's a million people that i love and then i'm just like bummed out that i didn't get to see everybody you know well I mean? do something different well i'm, I'm gonna go for 10 days this summer there you go. i i sent my family out there for like a month at a time i know fairly commonly um, and I'll usually meet up with them for my two day trip at the end of a trip so that I can be an extra set of eyes and hands for Ashley flying on the airplane with four kids, little kids, you know. Well, when is do you it, think you, when is, do you already have your days planned out for those 10 days? Like what, mm -hmm. like the sec, like it's going to be in June or it's going to be in August or is. July, July. Okay. So it'll actually be right before, um, retic fest. So I'm going to get back barely before Schaumburg, um, I think there's uh isn't there a super show? I believe I did time it. Where... July 9th. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's the first weekend that I'm there, but then I'll, I'll be there for like two weekends and the week in between. So hopefully I'll get to see kind of like my side and her side of the family and some old friends and stuff like that. So, okay. But yeah, it should be pretty cool. And then retic fest is right after that. Which right. You're going now, right? I don't have a ticket. Oh, I see where this is falling. Okay. We'll get, we'll get you short sorted. We better find that quick. But, uh, unless somebody wants to location sponsor Retic Fest, and then that would be kind of cool to podcast at Retic Fest or around it. 
Yeah. It'd be fun to do the morning after. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like totally. The quiet after the storm kind of thing. Yeah. That, that'd be fun. Definitely. Dude, speaking of podcasting and stuff and reach. So I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to talk about this, but you know what? I've, I've decided if somebody doesn't want me to talk about something, they need, they need to preface it with, please don't talk about this yet. But <laughs> otherwise I don't, I can't keep track of all the things that people tell me that. And I think, what's that? We can't negotiate your idiosyncrasies. You got to yeah. be <laughs> I think that, I think the best bet is just like, well, I think what will end up happening is that people will just stop telling me stuff if they realize I'm going to keep saying it. Um, <laughs> but there's a, a couple of our friends are starting a podcast for specifically for retics, um, specifically oh. for like, to talk about the issues of people who are considering keeping a retic and what you can expect and like going over different things. Like if you, if you're considering keeping a retic and what you need to know before you yeah, actually pull the trigger, or if you just what are we talking about here, because I have a couple of friends that do every tick podcast. Right. Yeah, I know. Me too. But that, and I know there's a, a couple out there, which seems crazy that there could be multiple retic podcasts. Well, it doesn't seem crazy, but really? it's such a niche thing. But uh, Lucas Bonyara and Nathan Katz. Oh, well, that'll be cool. That'd yeah. be interesting. What's really cool about it is that just like the music for the intro of this podcast, I got to write the song and the jingle. They they reached out to me to <laughs> they reached out and I'm gonna be the first guest. So because I'm a retake expert, um that Ooh. people need to have. <laughs> there you go. I well, can talk yeah, I mean you you definitely have a breadth of experience with retakes. I mean, you know what's up. And I, I guess if they are doing that, because the guys that I know that do the retake things are kind of like the you know, like the old timers or some of those guys that were keeping with me in like the late nineties or early two thousands. Yeah. Like, like Jake's guys. like Jake's. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, you've got, uh, you've got, um, Oh my gosh, guys, what is it? Retick talk. Is it retick talk? That's uh, Jake's Jake. right. Jake Klotz. Yeah. Well, but now it's, uh, it's James and, um, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's Monday night. I I can't. James <laughs> hey, Mitchell. And- I for, I forgot that it was Monday night. Yeah, like it's I, right there. I, really I in shape, guy yeah, from Chicago. Yeah, Chip Chip Indo is the other guy that hosted. But I I think it was Jake's, but I don't know that he uh, that he actually hosts it every time. Good mm. night, Finley. Do you want to come say hi to everyone online and then go straight to bed before you get in big trouble? Come on. Hi. Nope. Hi. Yeah, come on. See you. Hi. That's Brian Tesco and whoever else is listening. Hey, Finley. Good Finley. to see you, bud. Hi, I'm Finley. Say, I'm about to be in trouble. I'm about to be in trouble. Oh, oh, that last word. He kind of mumbled the last <laughs> word. That word. He's about yeah, to be in something. <laughs> unless you go straight to. Better get going. Hurry. Run. Is that a fiddle Hurry, leaf? Bro. Fiddle leaf fig behind you? No, that's a green screen or anything. That's a real plant. That's why I said, is that a fiddle leaf fig? Oh, I think it's a fake leaf. I said, no, that's a fiddle leaf fig. It is. <laughs> awesome. My wife just found them. She discovered that she loves them, which she's not like a plant person. So she's like, oh, I love these things. Like, yeah, Hillary too. Hillary has a couple fiddle leaf figs now. Oh, yeah? They yeah. seem to be too slow growing for my tapes. They're pretty I slow, know. it seems. I don't think they go anywhere too fast. I exist with something. I want to, like, watch it grow. We're living similar similar lives right now, my friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
Dude, let me unload on you with all the awesomeness. Okay, so th- there's the podcast thing I wrote the jingle for, which is really cool. It's actually the first time I was hired to write music for something, which I mean, technically, but I was just hired specifically to write something for somebody. I've been hired to play play music for years. I played, I've been paid, yeah. I made a living for it for a while, but I've never actually been paid to write something for somebody. That okay. least that I, at least that my brain is telling me that I, so that, that was awesome. I, I freaking ran a half marathon a few days ago, which is, further than i've ever run in my entire life thought you've been working on that how did that go i well i ran that and then the next morning i ran another four miles just to cool down so it went well i mean it's it's how i built up to it because i ran like 10 then i ran like 12 but so i'm I'm going for like 20 i'd like to run 20 before i do this spartan thing but so that's going well like running it's like picking up on that i've got three clutches hatching right now i've never and a fourth that'll probably start pipping tonight or tomorrow morning, which I've never had that many clutches hatching at the same time. It's kind of exciting. Just like all, oh. all ball pythons. All or? ball pythons, yeah. All ball pythons. Okay. Cool. And uh dude, and went to this uh retreat last night, Hume Hume Lake. Have you heard of it? I've been to Hume Lake. It's okay. Crazy. Yeah. That's a campground. Yeah. I used to teach outdoor education school. I'd take people in the woods around there and teach them about plants and animals native to the area. Sweet. Yeah. So I know Hume Lake. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was quite. I had never been, and it was quite the experience. I mean, there was, that was like that was a gigantic uh, conference, you know, whatever area. Like they've got all those guys, things like that all over California. But Hume Hume Lake was like the campground that would like host events for all the campgrounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, was a, it was a fisherman's retreat, so it was like four hundred something guys. Um, we're there and I mean, you know, fishing and, and shotguns and, and worship and just, I mean, watching, watching kids get, get saved during, during worship and like, dude, it was, it was so, it was so amazing. Like I, 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 when was that this weekend, this past weekend? Okay. So you still got that uh, little spiritual high going on right now. Oh yeah. I feel like I've had that for, I feel like it's just been building since like September of last year, but yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's pretty Uh, sweet, man. Pretty fun to get around like with all that stuff. You know, it's funny. I just ended up showing my kids. um, I was looking for a movie. I was digging through our old like DVD collection and I pulled one out that says Christmas on Komodo. And it was basically, it was like my first YouTube episode, but predates YouTube. Uh, and it was a, a video that a buddy of mine put together with like interviews of me living in Indonesia and all this kind of stuff and um, being there during that tsunami and everything. I had that actually walk out of the room for a part of it, but I let my kids watch it and they're like, this is really sad, dad. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I try to like, not necessarily shield them through reality, but be there with them and coach them through it. You know what I mean? So, but um, yeah, but I, I can't watch that stuff myself. Not because it was like so horrible or graphic or anything like that, but just because I, memories. I, yeah. To, like that's footage from me being over there. And I, I just can't even look at it anymore. Cause it's like, I don't remember that stuff. So like it brings it back up. So I actually had to like plug my ears in the other room and do a little la 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 la. Cause even the music that was put to it and everything, I was like, ah, I'm not, wow. not dealing with it today. So, I, I can, I, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Cause I was watching this uh, documentary. I've been reading this book called the intentional father. And one of the, uh, 
things that they say to do. They give little assignments every chapter to to go along with. And one of them was to watch this documentary called The Work, which is just kind of follow some guys, some like civilians that go into um, Folsom Prison and do like a, a couple day workshop or I don't remember how long it was, a week or something or a couple days. Um, but just going in and working with some of the guys. Program or what? What's that? Almost like a scared straight. No, movie. no, it's it's like regular guys, like guys that are of that age, not like kids that are getting in trouble, but just guys that um, it's part just a program. Regular guys, like guys that just have normal jobs or whatever, or or, or are have never oh. experienced any kind of prison situation. They're not in trouble at all. They they just kind of like volunteer to go <clears throat> and have a people in prison. Yeah, work with them and like have you know you have like uh, I was I working you. with working with guys and just talking about stuff and it, big big part was a spot for those guys that were in the prison to vent, you know, and, and kind of like open up where, because when you're inside a place like that, you got to keep some pretty harsh walls up, you know, to just to survive. So it was kind of like a space for guys to, those guys to let down their walls. And for the guys that have never been in a situation like that to like kind of get a feel for what a different type of life would be, you know, or how, how, you know, the, the other side of the the coin, I guess. Mm. Um, and so it definitely brought some emotions for me having been in that situation and just like, I, I, remember I, just, I just lost, I couldn't even watch it. I had to, I just stopped watching it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that stuff works, like all our different coping mechanisms and stuff like that. I, I feel like, um, you know, the, the battles that we face today are, are less uh, black and white. They're almost harder in some way. Like people are soft today but at the same time their battle like you don't even know who your enemy is anymore so that mm. gets using you know what i'm saying like you don't like if you know it used to be like well let's make a stand for what's right and nowadays it's like well what is right you know mm. what i mean oh, gosh you know certainly so, certainly a good amount of confusion out there a lot, lot of uh well there's, there's so much information so much more information for a, a human mind to process uh, since the advent of the internet, right? It's, it's an oh, insane yeah. amount of, uh, input. I think that, I think that we had that kind of building up in our society and then, and then the, the whole COVID thing for the last couple of years, it was almost like taking everything that had been building and things that we hadn't even really learned to deal with and then putting them in a pressure cooker for two years, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, interesting place out there you know so much is out of our control and things like that and, and it's you know some people have found like a whole new lease on life and then other people have just fallen apart you know because of it um it's crazy it's just it's just crazy to see what's going on you know what i mean yeah i've pulled back in a kind of a big way you know i spent a good amount of time online you know doing just communicating and uh, doing stuff through that and i've the last couple months, two or three months, I've, I've pulled back pretty hard. I'm still posting often, you know, I, I still make my videos and put them up and I've chat with people in the comments of the video. And, um, but I've really, I I'd say of the amount of communication that I've done with people online, which is, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but it's definitely been cut way back. And I do a lot more of that communication with people local to me in person now. And it's much more fulfilling and much more, uh, it just feels back to what I really want to be doing, you know, which is making real in-person in the flesh connections with folks. You know, it's just so much more of a, a thing than through the, I mean, I know that you and I don't really don't like to do this over 
Zoom, but you know, being on the other side of the country, sometimes that's just what it is. And but those type of those type of things, I've been doing a lot more. And I say it's a double edged sword because there's a lot of people in the reptile world, in particular, that I really love and care about. Um, and pulling back from those internet communications, you know, that that happens less. You know, whether it's just back and forth on Instagram or definitely Facebook. I haven't even opened Facebook for months. Um, so I do miss that aspect of it, but I, I kind of look forward to doing that. It shows, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know where you're at on that. Just wait until you can do it in person is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Well, that's kind of how I grew up. Cause I mean, I, well, you know, my situation, I have a huge family here in Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, we, uh, we grew up before the internet, my friend. That's, that's... <laughs> well, well, my point is like, I grew up in California. We were the only Hartles that moved out there. So no one had ever heard my last name. I didn't know anybody. Every time I went to a new school, it was like, you know, nobody. There's no connections. There's no nothing. Um, and uh, so, you know, you, yeah, I mean, you figure out life and do your thing. But it was interesting. Like, I don't know why. I think communication wasn't as readily available. And honestly, my family's just not very good at like regular communication, keeping up with people. But then we would come back to like a family reunion every three, four years and see all the family and be like, hey, what's up? You know, and you're just like, yeah. And it's like a day hasn't passed, except that you have so many stories to tell now. You know what I mean? That's the only way to tell that there's been any passage of time. So I, I've always loved my extended family for that, that we are all just like absolutely love hanging out, you know, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It, it feels it, you know, like being unplugged from the internet and then seeing people in person feels like that, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I'm, honestly, I'm really looking forward to this retick fest event at our new shop. I mean, Wait, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that you wouldn't be. <laughs> well, the, my life has been turned upside down since having this new, like the building is, I mean, it's just a building. It doesn't actually matter. Right. But there were so many things I wanted to be able to do that I was limited because I only had one small space and it was a space that I shared with my family. You know what I mean? So there's only so much that I, that I can do or, or accomplish or, or set out to try to take on. And now I'm just like freed up. My big thing is just finances. I, I don't, I need more money. I need all the money in the world to do all these crazy things. But, um, but I have the time, I have the space, you know, cause we've got, uh, I've been telling everybody, I need a building and a sales guy, right? Cause sales was taking so much of my time and the building was, I mean, we were just absolutely limited. So it's fun to see all these new enclosures going up. And I mean, there's so how's, many. How's the big one with the uh, Jeep going? Oh, working on it, working on it. I mean, it's going to be a bigger project than what I was describing in that, that one vlog. You see the vlog where I was planning it out on the reach. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to get a 10 foot container with doors on both sides and do this. And then, which is a great plan. But in reality, they're like, you can't get those containers. Those don't exist. There's a shortage on containers. Don't you know, they're all sitting in the bay right now. So like, <laughs> it's just super expensive right now. You know, it's funny. They're going to be like dirt cheap in two or three years when I don't need them anymore. Cause there'll be like stockpiles of all the Ikea containers with all their furniture. They haven't been able to put in their stores, flooding the shores all at once or whatever, but I'm going to buy while it's high, you know, why not? 
and uh, and do it. So I'm going to do it, but it's going to take a lot of fabrication. I'm going to do it myself. I'm just going to buy some tools and vlog it and have some fun. Cool. So I, I think a lot of people like that. The, the vlog channel that we have has turned very much into kind of like the old school retail reptiles where it's like Garrett just making things happen by himself and trying to do, you know, like a lot of DIY stuff and, you know, um, which has been fun. The last video I put up was talking about that, like talking about the balance of, you know, having reptile stuff on my vlog channel and sometimes not. And I really asked people like their, what they would do in my shoes. Cause I'm always kind of torn between always having something reptile because there's so many people that come over there based on, you know, all the, all the, like your video is not going to perform if you don't put reptiles in there. Yeah. Right. Um, and even though that channel I started just as a vlog, like that's what it is, a vlog channel. Just you've seen it. You were there. You were there for some of the first ones, like in person. Yeah. It's just and we, and we were talking about mites in that video and whatever. So there was that that inclusion because reptiles are a big part of life. But a lot of people's response, the, the I'd say the bulk of the responses as far as what people's ideas were to like how to how to uh, overcome my struggle with it was, oh, just start a different channel for just <laughs> I was like that's what this is that's yeah. what this channel I started this channel to do that <laughs> I know it's funny well we just started it and I'll tell you boy it's tough we got we've been hammering away there's some beautiful videos on there Thomas like this is a vlog channel like quality wise it's very high you know um for production value and stuff like that uh, you know, I mean, it is a representation of our life. So entertainment value is going to be probably like <laughs> when we do cool stuff, it's cool. <laughs> we don't do anything cool. We try to like, you know, get intentional or serious and stuff and, and just be us in front of the camera and, you know, share what's on our hearts. So, um, but yeah, I'll tell you, we have like a thousand subscribers, just a little over on that channel after hammering away on it pretty hard. So that's not enough for what we want to do with it you know but it channels is hard right now start, starting the new ones are yeah has been very difficult oh my gosh the u.s art channel everyone that's listening to this probably already has subscribed but you guys need to go subscribe that needs to represent the industry it's like four thousand people on there and nobody cares and it's just like oh so depressing working with u.s art because you see how much like people talk on the internet a lot, but when you actually are like in the know of what people are doing for us art, it's like, wow, this is pathetic guys. We need to be better. We need to be better. You know, and I just mean as an industry in a whole, I'm not picking on anybody, but um, right, you, can, you can pick on me if you need. Well, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that one's been tough, but, we've been having some fun on Instagram. Uh, we've just been screwing around with like short format reels and things like that. And Aiden's kicking butt over there. And we have several reels that are in the millions now. Um, we have one that's, that's blowing up at the moment. It's like over 15 million views or something. Wow. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. It's pretty big. Um, it's a snake laying eggs, just like just random. Like they don't want to know anything. Don't teach me anything. Don't show me anything real just funny moments. So like our biggest ones are like, we have one with a snake that like shed its nose and it's like flipped back over its eyes and it's looking around like, I can't see, I can't see anything. And that's the real, and everyone loves that one. That's that uh, break a million. It was a house snake, you know? It's awesome and also depressing. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it's so, like, what does well? Stuff of very little, uh, you know. It, it's like, I, 
I hope I can get a snake to fart on camera because, <laughs> because then all of a sudden everyone will watch that video. Dude, Dude I, I just I just watched for whatever reason it came across my thing and I I wa- fell asleep watching it the other night. Uh, Idiocracy, you know that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just reminded me of like it, I forgot I forgot everything about it. It's one of those movies you watch it. You like I remember Brondo, and that was about it. I remember they tried to give the plants Gatorade, basically, and that's that was like one of the big downfalls. In the future, and he's like Joe Schmo, a little bit below average today. Yeah, he was actually actually average. He was like the most average guy in the military they could find. That's why they picked him. He's like literally average on every across the spectrum. The most average guy that exists in the world. Everyone's yeah, they freeze and they plan to do like one year or something, and he gets frozen for like fifty years or something. And yeah, they all the all the smart people were too smart. They're like, oh, it's it's not time to have kids yet, to to their own detriment, where they never had kids. And then all the people with very low IQs are like breeding with their breeding, (laughs) breeding with their wife and their neighbor, and then their kids (laughs) doing the same. (laughs) It's just everybody's just an idiot, basically. And the number one movie in the country. He's just a dude stand, dude's butt on the screen and he's farting. And that's like, <laughs> it wins an Oscar or whatever. And, that's <laughs> and the funniest rap. and the most highest performing television show is a guy that just keeps getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of sounds like reels. Yeah. Oh, but, man. You know, so here's what's funny that you like when you say, oh, 15 million, like what does that number do for you, right? So just to kind of put it in perspective, I guess. We've been running our YouTube channel for way too long to have 27,000 subscribers, but that's what we have, right? On our Superdorf specific educational channel. So we started our Instagram. It's a lot more open. It's not just the Superdorfs or whatever. It's just lots kind of just fun stuff or whatever from our lives. So that one has now exceeded. So on Friday, when I left, uh, it had like 30,000 followers on Instagram. Now, Instagram, as you know, is newer because you made me do it. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, but we, we left on, on Friday. It was 30,000. We had this one real blow up. We come back and we have 35,000 followers. So the actual like click through traffic, if you want to put it that way or whatever it is, you have 15 million people watch your little video. Go, uh, That's cool. 5,000 of them will follow you to find more of them, right? Well, I had a little bit of just an idea. I'd say epiphany, but that's giving it too much credit. Um, Over the weekend that I was like, you know, these these type of people, the 5,000 people that followed us for this, just a snake laying eggs, right, are not following because they want to learn about Kalatoa Island animals or any of that stuff. They're just following because they like the little weird highlights. Maybe they're into reptiles or something. They're waiting for that snake fart. They're waiting for a snake fart. Yeah, or or whatever. And I was like, these are the people, those 5,000 people should have subscribed to our vlog and not, because that's kind of what it's like. You know what I mean? It's just all the... Except the that the, the reel is only 15 or seconds or a minute or whatever, right? Well, I know. But that's why I'm not talking about the 15 million people. I'm talking about the 5,000 that followed us mm. because they want more than 15 seconds of that. You see I, what I'm getting? I don't know. Are you guys putting snake farts on the vlog? Uh, yeah, if you watch our vlog, that's kind of like, <laughs> I'm just the, the one that's going to come out on Saturday is uh, me and Adam goofing around. So we did a vlog last week where Adam came over. He cut a clutch with us. 
and looked around the shop a little bit. And that's our video. And then he just released the video on his channel, which is kind of like his, I think he called it like, I was wrong about retics or something. And he put that up, which I just watched. It was really good. I was like, wow, look at all this amazing B-roll of my snakes. I wish I could have cool B-roll like that of my snakes. I, I, I really like Adam, man. He's a cool dude. He's a very cool dude. Yeah. But this is why it's fun. That So we, we had so much footage of goofing around with Adam that we split it into two parts. So he's only here two days. He came Wednesday. It was all business stuff. And then Thursday, we just goofed around all day. So the all business stuff vlog already went up. The one that's going up next week is just us goofing around. And what I was saying about my Pittsburgh tours, I used to take you guys downtown, kind of shave sites, all that stuff. Blue Slide Park was, was something he wanted to do. Um, but what I've started to do now that the weather is a little bit nicer is be like, all right, you've seen all the pavement, you've seen all the sidewalks. Do you want to see where I live in Pittsburgh? And I take them out in the woods. So I took them out in the woods. We caught a water snake that was like biting me all up. We caught a snapping turtle in this muddy grime and all this stuff. And, and we had a, a blast. And I, oh, I, I whipped him with like stinging nettle. I pulled some plants up with stinging nettle. He took his shirt off and I was whipping him with it. And <laughs> that's that's awesome. idiocracy level right there. That's, this well, that's, that's, that's good for you though. It is good for you, but it's yeah. also hilarious to whip your friend with it That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were laughing because like you know he was timid around the water snake he did not want to hold this water snake he watched it bite me and he's like uh-uh you know and then the deal was i would catch the snake and he would catch the turtle because you know i know where to go get this stuff so then when when he realized he'd have to like get muddy to get the turtle and i don't want to give it away but you watch the vlog but um he was like, uh-uh. So I did that too. So that's why I whipped him with the stinging nettle. I was like, you got to do something that people are going to think you're a pansy, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I already thought it when you said it. So yeah, I, yeah. I, and I'm thinking now I want to do some other stupid video where you and I see who can get bit more by a water snake. <laughs> oh my God, we need to do that. You, well, because you're the only person so far that can really like, I, I was just noticing this as I was giving Adam the tour, like Adam's game. He's not a, a wuss. He's been around reptiles, loves reptiles. He got bit by a couple of baby retakes, the shop, no big deal. You know what I mean? He can hold his own. But then when you go like herping with Garrett, it's just like a different story. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. Like when I was with Clint, Clint will nerd out over the animals at a level that I can appreciate, right? Like, oh, we're both seriously nerding out. He He'll actually beat me because he nerds out about like bugs and I'm like, okay, there's a cool bug, but let's go find some reptiles. You know, I mean, I think, I think anybody at face value or even at a glance would tell you that Clint is going to beat you at the nerding out. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like few people can do that. So it's fun for me to go to Cl with Clint. Cause I'm like, this must be how I look to normal people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you and me, like, you'll have to watch how I caught the snapping turtle. I'll just say that I, I, you know, like, I think you would do it. I don't think you would have any problem with it, you know, and I want to see how far, I think the only thing that would separate us is, is my experience level versus like, especially if you could start pushing towards like venomous and crocodilians and stuff like mm. that. But you know what I mean? Like non-venomous snakes, you'd be right there. 
You know what I'm saying? Even like the big, we're, you were talking to me about when you went to Indonesia and you're trying to catch that water monitor. You're like climbing through the bushes and all this stuff. And you're like, I don't know how much tore up I want to get, but I really want to get my hands on one of these. You know, yeah, it just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. We, we I, should do it. I've, I've freehandled some rattlesnakes or whatever, but the, I posted it on the Facebook when I, when I first was coming Oops. into the online reptile scene. I was like, oh man, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you don't want to do that. I, I, I definitely freehanded, freehandled my share of reptiles while I was learning about them, which is so silly. It's like one of those things everyone does early on <laughs> in their learning journey about reptiles. I don't know why that is. But, You're learning. Uh, yeah, but I, but I remember you remember when I went with you and Brian Gundy, and he was like getting mad at me for getting a little too close to everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was getting mad at you. For getting too close to that rattlesnake. Oh, well, that's because you guys wanted to keep hiking, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> it was like a little guy, and it like yeah. popped off the trail. And I didn't get enough. I know. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know how I saw that thing. No, that was that was. I I think that I I've had the same experience where I, I I'll go find something and see something. I actually had one that was exactly like that at my parents' house. Just a. You know, these little rattlesnakes can almost curl up on an acorn. You know, these yeah, little they're tiny, tiny. And they're not moving. And they're perfectly camouflaged. It's not like they're rattled or something. They don't even have a rattle yet. And you walk by and you're like, there's a rattlesnake. And you're like, how did I ever see that? You know what I mean? I can't find my TV remote that's sitting right in front of me with <laughs> the pencil that I have in my ear. But here's a little rattlesnake 20 feet away the size of an acorn. I guess that's the cool thing about being out in the field when you're looking for stuff like like a rattlesnake when you're looking for the thing that could potentially hurt you like you don't you don't have to worry about it like surprising you because you're looking for it like like when we were in australia and like you people are like oh they got all the stuff that's going to kill you there it's like yeah but when you're when you're looking for that stuff it's not you're not worried about it because you're actually actively like where is where is the king's brown snake where 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 are these snakes at where are these spots i want to see them so you're actively looking it's not going to surprise you because you are it's the trying to find it yeah you're happy when you see it's a positive not yeah. a dirty or anything well you know i actually used to tell a story about this to try to encourage kids when i did that outdoor education science stuff and i used to tell the story about um i mean you know we have a little bit of like native blood in our our family and stuff like that so i used to talk um I used to love tying stories like that and especially when you're out hiking in the woods and trying to teach people about appreciating nature and all that but I said there was a, a Wall Street investor who had a, a thing. He was trying to get like a casino or something. And he took this Native American out. And he's trying to convince him all these different things. And he's walking him through downtown. And in the middle of the hubbub and the noise and the traffic and the, all the crazy stuff that would go on downtown New York, the, uh, the Native American fellow goes, wait, do you hear that? And he stops and they walk across the street and he's like looking and no, no, I, he's like, I, I hear this, I wanna see it. And, and he, he finds a plant and there's like a, a cool cricket, like a katydid or whatever that's in there making a sound. And he's like, I've always heard that you guys had these here. I wanted to find one of these. And the guy's like, how did you hear that in the middle of town? And uh, he said, well, it's, it's all your, a matter of your priorities. What do you, what do you tune your ears to? What do you, what does your heart want? You'll, you'll hear it. And the guy's like, no, he's like, people like us here in New York, you're just on another level. We are not tuned into anything. We're not connected like you are. And he goes, yeah, you are. He goes, I, I think I could prove it. 
is after spending the day with the Wall Street broker. He goes, okay. So the, the Indian took a pocket full of change out and threw it on the street, went ching, you know what I mean? All the coins hitting and rolling away. Everyone stopped and looked. And it was like, what are you, what are you in tune with? And you know that happens when you hear that, you know what I mean? And boom, your attention is there. And that was the, that was the, I'm, I'm retelling it poorly. You know what I mean? No, you did a, You did an okay job. You did fine. But yeah, I used to tell that to the kids. Like, what do you, what do you tune your, tune your life into? That's the stuff you're going to, you're going to see more of, you know, like you're talking about the good things that happen and I'm talking about being busy and all this kind of stuff, but. I think both of us are fairly tuned into finding cool opportunities and little adventures and positive stuff in life. So we see it a lot when it happens and you can be living right next to somebody going through the same life as you, but sees it very differently because they're tuned yeah. into something else. That's, that's true. That's true. I've definitely blessed with that perspective to always be like, well, where's the good at here? Where's the good? Where, 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 what's going to be, what's good, what good is coming of this? And that seems to where I generally focus. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. Exactly. I I don't think you can deny that there is cool stuff in life. You know what I mean? It's just I watch people do it all the time. Yeah, I, I think there's a I think that the thing is there's like a hunger for it that some people don't have and some people do. You know, some people are I, I think it's if you chase well, okay, before I get too deep into this, because what I was about to say kind of ends up running along the chime of my diving deep into the shallow end. So let me throw this out here and then we shall continue. Sounds that? Uh, sounds that? Sounds sounds <laughs> that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, here it is. Why does everything that's so good for you taste terrible food-wise? Wait, have we done this before? Have we? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know that we have. I'm just, it seems like something that we if would we, have done. If we have it's time to bring it back up again. <laughs> maybe we haven't. Maybe, maybe, okay, sure. Maybe we haven't. Maybe, maybe I've, hit, I mean, I've definitely had this conversation or definitely know this premise of why what, everything that's good for you tastes bad. <clears throat> well, you, you know, I mean, I'm like super, super sharp listener to the podcast somewhere that's going to be like, yes, episode six, scare it out. <laughs> but maybe not, maybe not. Maybe I'm just uh, over lapping this with some other conversation in life no it's quite possible that i've just completely forgotten the conversation no, no i'm not now that i think about it actually i'm not i'm not actually pulling up that we've actually done this for a diving deep in the shallow end um segment but why does everything my buddy in arizona um great guy uh, has uh, he's like a man's man he's like a cross between foghorn leghorn and yosemite sam um <laughs> <laughs> And he has six daughters, three granddaughters. He calls them all boys. Boys! <laughs> um, it, he had a sign on his deck that said, everything I love is uh, illegal, fattening, or I forget what the third thing is. But yeah, it's, it kind of goes along with that. Like all this stuff. I love ice cream. Ice cream, if I could live off ice cream, I'd be totally, totally happy because it's like my favorite thing to eat. I could eat literally gallons of it in a single evening. The only reason I don't, that's right. That's right. I thought about the it. only yeah. reason I don't is because I know that it will kill me and it'll put me in a very early grave. And I don't want that, but I do want to keep eating ice cream. And again, to just to kick the dead horse and repeat myself over and over again. The only reason 
that I don't eat multiple gallons of ice cream a night is because I know that it will affect my health very poor, very badly. It'll have an extremely negative effect on my health and my lifespan. And that's I the only reason I don't. I think you don't eat gallons of ice cream every night because I've been with you before and I am amazed how many gallons of ice cream you can eat in a night. <laughs> I mean, every night. Okay, so... <laughs> <I don't... laughs> It happened at the retreat too. There's you know, dessert on uh, the Saturday night. There's like brownies and and ice cream and and I walk, go back to the table of dudes that you know, I've just met that weekend and and they're like, "Whoa, <laughs> is there any brownie underneath that pile of ice cream?" And I was oh. like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is a little actually," but <laughs> uh, I ate it all and just exposed the brownie. I was like, "Ah, oh, that was my that's my plate for you the ice cream." Birthday cake or are you like? skip the cake give me more two scoops of ice cream kind of guy uh, I, the only time let's let's put it this way if i'm gonna eat cake there's got to be ice cream with it like i'm not just gonna have cake that's unacceptable well, well, you know, birthday party they always have cake and ice cream and they're like here's your cake here's your scoop of ice cream i've always been like ah, i don't want the cake just i mean i always i always say just give me a little small thing of cake and then could i please have extra ice cream because i'm okay to eat the cake as long as it's so i the ideal thing for me is like two to three parts ice cream for one part cake for each bite. That's my that's ideal. Really if I'm cool. going to eat cake. But I am not a fan of a, a birthday cake icing. No, thanks. Well, there's some really good icings out there. There's some that are, you know, there's the ones that like are super fluffy and feel like they're just like whipped We're not sugar. talking about like gourmet stuff here. I'm We're talking, talking about cream. I like the cream cheese frosting cake. type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, some people make really good birthday cakes. My, my, uh, my sister's mother-in-law, makes this cake that is like so moist it's like one of the cakes that is the only cake i've ever eaten where i was like maybe i could eat this without ice cream because it like it's just like you know it's like i feel like it's al dente like you know how people do things oh you press the fork down through the cake and pick it up with the fork oh that means it's good this cake i think you could just chuck it at the wall and it would stick (laughs) (laughs) those are the ones i like though that are like carrot cake with a million walnuts in it or something that's that's sweet but there are, you know what? There are good things. The things that are good for you that, well, it depends on your perspective because you need to eat something to survive. If you don't eat anything, you're going to wither away and die. That is actually like super good and really good for you that I Eggs. enjoy. No, no. I don't even think they're all that good for you. Ribeye. Ribeye steak. What can you break? <laughs> Blueberries are the only things I can think of where people would consider it like, oh, that's like a superfood kind of, but are really mm. good. Like I could eat just fistfuls of blueberries. Oh yeah, I brought some fruit blueberries. So our um, pastor at the um, local church up in Paso here picked me up to go to that retreat. And when I got in the car, I was like, oh, I brought road snacks. He's like, what you got? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I got blueberry. I know it's kind of like apprehensive. I was like, I got blueberries, raspberries, <laughs> bananas. <laughs> I was like, I got chips too. I got chips too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, blueberries are good. I had I had a couple different types of blueberries this this weekend, and also cherries. Oh, ooh, some good cherries. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're quite as good for you as the blueberries, but I know a lot of the really like dark varieties. You know, it would be really cool. You know, you, you do like wine tastings or like bourbon things and stuff like that. It would be cool. Uh, you're saying I have several different types of blueberries. And I'm like, I don't know if I know types of blueberries. Big and small is what I'm thinking. <laughs> but but like, 
it would be cool to be like, here's 27 different species of blueberry. You know, I, don't even, I don't even know if there's multiple species. I assume there is, but I just meant well, from different producers. But there certainly would be varieties like corn, you know, stuff like that. They might be domestic, but um, yeah, that would be kind of cool to sit down. And fruit fruit is one of the, berries are definitely, if you're going to eat fruit, because there's even things when, if you're, if you're following like a diet where like you're trying to do no carbs or yeah, most things like protein, very, very yeah. sugary um, grapes, I think are probably the worst on the glycemic index, but, or certain grapes, but, uh, but berries for whatever reason, I don't know the science behind it. Um, but I think berries are some of the fruits that even people that are like diabetic and whatnot, they can have blueberries and raspberries and, and things like that. And it doesn't affect their blood sugar um, in it a negative way. Altered either. Like if you go get raspberries at the grocery store and you go out here in my backyard, we have a couple little sprigs of like wild raspberries that grow up in the summer. They taste the same. They might be like bigger or, you know what I mean? Something like that because you're grown in a greenhouse or whatever. But it's it's nothing like, you know, like I just mentioned corn. Look at corn and where it came from. It was like basically just grass before, you know what I mean? Corn you know what else like, is a grass, technically? What's that? Uh, coconut. Coconut trees are in the, the grass family. <laughs> really? I yeah. guess I could believe that based on their, would palm be the same then? I assume so. I assume so. Um, I just know coconut for sure. I've got a buddy who lives on Big Island, which, and he's kind of a fruit farmer and Big Island also has the largest variety of fruits anywhere on the planet. Um, and he's the one that told me that. And I, I just assume that he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, the thing that brought it up was we were talking about the stinging metal thing because I made Adam eat it and then I whipped him with it. Um, and it's super good for you, but tastes horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't mind the taste of it, but but whatever. I I like a lot of that stuff anyway. But, what else? Uh, uh, dandelion is, greens. Dandelion greens are in that okay, same kind that's of category. Exactly where I was going. So we watched like a YouTube thing on the health benefits of uh, of stinging metal, and it is amazing. They're saying like it's one of the most nutritionally dense plants on the planet. Now I do feel like we've talked about this on this walk. Nope. But then it it rolled into a dandelion one. Uh, it was like a little five minute video on dandelions. And my daughter has this little uh, tea set and she loves making tea. She can heat up her own tea and she's got a little cute tea set. And so she likes making tea. And I taught her at one point that you can make a citrusy type of tea out of some pine needles using the kinds of pines that we have out in the front yard. So she loves to go collect those and make it. Then they saw that you can make dandelion tea. And then they're like, every part of the fruit is that, or the plant is edible and the the uh she's very excited because the roots of the dandelion make a tea that makes you have to go pee and the french gave it a name that's like basically like you're gonna wet the bed tonight like dandelion tea. so now like her brothers and sisters like when she makes them tea and she's like i'm gonna make you all pee the bed <laughs> funny. But, but they were all excited about the dandelions so they all ran outside grabbed a bunch of dandelions and stuffed them in their mouths and this is terrible. <laughs> and so that's I used to make smoothies. I used to make smoothies with dandelion greens in them. I'd just throw a bunch of dandelion greens and maybe like a an apple or something just to give it a little, you know, so it's not just dandelion. And I felt amazing. I mean, I definitely felt amazing. Like I, they're good. Human. You throw the greens in a salad or something. Like you're just going to have your whatever your regular salad is. Throw it yeah. in there. Like arugula or something. 
Yeah, I used to do like, uh, just, yeah, pretty, it's pretty much what it is. I used to just do a bunch of dandelion greens literally from the yard because we don't use any pesticides or anything. And um, we threw a bunch of greens and chop up a couple strawberries and throw some walnuts and a little faded cheese on there. Bam, you know, awesome. You know, another interesting thing is a lot of those different plants, you know, they've got a lot of vitamins that are good for you, but they also have these chemicals that fight back. Like they don't, it doesn't want to be eaten per se. And the, mm-hmm. there's chemicals that have a negative effect on your body. And that, that brings up an even more interesting point of, as far as, you know, the, the, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Like it, well, there's, there's so much in our culture, fight. our, our current Western culture is like very based on how can I make my life very easy without pain, without any kind of suffering, without any kind of, you know, n- negative quote unquote effects. And, and just, I was push this button. I get what I want and I don't have to suffer for it. And we just came full circle. That's why I stopped my previous thought and said, let's talk about the dive deep in the shallow end, because I think comfort and good is what gets confused today. You know, the things that are good for you often hurt and are very difficult, you know, and some of the best things in my life came from some of the hardest things I've had to do. So um, that's, that's it. You know, so why is everything that's so good for you taste so terrible? I think sometimes, you know, not just food related now, but, you know, sometimes the, the really good path in life is not always the easy one. It's definitely not the popular one. And when you choose things that risk discomfort or embarrassment or you know uh maybe being um oh what what would you say like contradictory to mainstream culture or or people's ideas you know i'm not talking like full-on lifestyles i'm just talking about like individual decisions even you know if it's something where it might create a little conflict between you and other people people shy away from that stuff hard and they just never get to, to pass so many opportunities because it might not be comfortable or it might be awkward, socially awkward is the word I was looking for. People are so afraid of that. And I am definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so many good things have happened in my life because I don't care about social awkwardness, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Cool. That's good point. Follow, follow the Lord and the paths will be made straight. And it doesn't mean that straight doesn't mean easy and comfortable. It just, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I spent like six months making a path straight at my parents' ranch with a pickaxe one time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why a lot of these mountain roads uh, just kind of wind, right? <laughs> like, well, we could go straight through the mountain, but that's going to be a real pain for us <laughs> making the road. Who's <laughs> making road drive around and around? And around. <laughs> oh, well, uh, one of the good things that happened today—I don't know if you heard—but um, two weeks ago, Rob, the guy that takes care of most of my snakes, was a motorcycle accident. Oh no, yeah. I did not hear that. This is pretty, pretty gnarly. What was that? I don't know. It sounded like a giant beanbag exploding. Huh. I'm just going to assume everything's okay. I don't hear anybody screaming. We'll call it good. Everybody okay?
I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna just gonna pop upstairs just for a second. Okay, I'll tell a story. <laughs> well, Brian figures out which one of his bean bags exploded over there. Oh, he's coming back already. You got confirmation. You got verbal confirmation. Everything's good. I got. I got footsteps. That's good enough for me. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure somebody just jumped off of the couch, like with all full with full force or something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're a big boom, and yeah. then you wait for the silence, and you got to keep waiting because sometimes someone's just breathing in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rob. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he went by down by himself, like he didn't crash into another car or something. But he was going around a corner, and his front motorcycle tire pressure was a little bit low mm. two tires you need them to be both in operating order so he couldn't negotiate the turn as tightly as he should have slipped off into the gravel and went down uh but he broke his collarbone and Ooh. all ribs all of his ribs on his left side and oh. his so his left side is just jelly right now Gosh. you know everything that connects everything in your torso so he's in the hospital for a week, uh, and then he's been home for a week, and he just stopped by the, sh the shop today for a couple of hours. So that's the good news is that he's back. Um, it's been interesting because I run a pretty like tight ship. Like there's no one on my staff that's not busy. You know what I mean? We all do the work of one and a half people all the time, and uh, so it <clears throat> you know it's pretty crazy when you lose somebody that's like. You know, he's one of my key people. So, but it, it's been pretty cool to watch everybody else step up and get stuff taken care of. All the snakes are fine, you know, and everything like that. I don't think anything was like sacrificed while he was gone or whatever, but we all had to pitch in there. So that, that was not easy, but good. You know, it was very good to see my staff all taking care of each other like that and making sure the animals were okay. Lots of people ended up working late different times and stuff like that just to make sure the animals were all right um my, my wife even spent an entire day at the vet with one of the snakes making sure that it was okay you know calling me back and forth to relay messages as i was doing other things so yeah pretty crazy yeah so i'm glad i'm glad he's okay yeah yeah so he's coming back, but I mean, I, I think like, I, I mean, I've broken a few ribs before and oh my gosh, you're just, it hurts for a long time. And there's not much you can do as far as you, know, it's, you have to breathe, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly it. It only hurts when I breathe, when I breathe, you know? So yeah, so he was kind of like toughing it out or whatever, came into the shop, drove himself up there and everything and said hey to everybody and kind of, I gave him the lay of the land because quite a bit has happened you were talking about you had four clutches today i think we've had like six or eight in the time that he's been gone and so like you, you know you look at the baby racks and it's like these ones are all sold so like all the baby snakes he knew are gone now and there's like all new snakes in there that he's never seen before just in the course of two weeks because you know it's just crazy so, um, yeah, we had incubators filled and now we're to the point where I have one clutch left of, uh, of retics in there in our incubators that's still cooking. So, yeah, just lots of stuff happening. Yeah. And then even just the things that matter to us and the things that wouldn't matter to like 
people outside the company. So like we moved a lot of stuff. You remember that room downstairs where the couches were? We sat down and had a cigar there with Deron the one time. Mm -hmm. That was like overall storage and junk and things like that. So we moved everything out and organized it all and set it all up as like a workroom for Rob and the downstairs crew. Is, is that still going to be where all the displays are? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like museum thing or whatever, but I don't know when that part, well, actually, no. I mean, if you saw that, that vlog, the one big idea was to move the largest cage up a story. Um. So you remember where the couches were that we were sitting? Yeah. You would be sitting underneath the big retake cage instead of her being on that back wall. Okay. She's going to go up above that. That gives me more space for more displays downstairs. Okay. So it should be pretty fun. But um, that also allows me to just start moving cages in before we do all the major construction stuff. So it, are it you a, planning to have this all set by retake fest or is that out of the question? Well, do you remember when MJ came by earlier in the year and uh -huh. gave a tour and everything? And he's uh -huh. like, well, showing up like the plan. And he's like, when are you going to have this done by? And I was like, well, I've been working at the business for three or four years now. Give me another three or four years and maybe this stuff will be done. But uh, then in the vlog, I think I freaked my staff out. You can see it on their faces when I was like, I think I can have the big retic cage, the one with the Jeep by the end of this year. And then when Rob came back after two weeks of me sitting around scratching my head on how to get this stuff done, I was like, I think I have it done by retic fest, which is what, six weeks away, eight weeks away or something. Not, I don't know. What, what, what do we have now? Half of May, all of June and half of July, eight weeks. I might be able to get it done. Okay. I'm going to have to bust my butt. But yeah, that and then some of the playground cages, the vertical cages that will be connected to all of our breeders' cages so that they can get out and have playground space and UV light and all that stuff. We're trying to change the way that people think about commercial cages. I think it's already happened in people's collections where people go from like having a 10-gallon aquarium with a piece of AstroTurf and hot rock for their reptile to be like, oh, let's oh, big time. Right, right, yeah. So, like individually, people are like, "Oh, I'll check out this giant arboreal thing with waterfalls and bioactive and all that stuff." Have so you seen sca uh, scales reptiles? No, it's with scales with a Z. Um, he built like a reptile zoo in his. It looks like a little piece of like the reptarium in in his the bottom part of his house. That's cool. That's yeah. what everyone's doing. Yeah. I mean, you just have less reptiles and make it cooler. It's like when we went to snake discovery and I climbed in the cage with a Burmese python. It was an eight foot Burmese python. It was like a 10 by 10 by 10 cage. And I was like, this is so cool. People would try to put 32 Burmese pythons in this, but it's so much more fun to just climb into this little closet of a jungle and sit with a Burmese python. But anyway, the AstroTurf hot rock and you know that style of enclosure it's pretty much what commercial breeders still use today. They're not using hot rocks and astroturf, but it's no more complex than that. You know, I mean, you've seen what we have them set up, like a high to water paper. Right. You're done, you know, um, and it's set like spec and built around their needs a little bit better um, today than it used to be. But I'm trying to challenge that status quo and I can't do it if it's not, not like nobody will do it if it's not financially viable. 
Right. Same reason yeah. that, um, well, any, any business is look, it's the business is supposed to make money, right? Yeah. Well, that's always been the problem is that in the individual hobbyist, you can lose money on your cage. Of course, you're going to lose money on cage. If it was a $5,000 cage, you spent $5,000 on it. But in the business, you must make money on it. So how do I advance husbandry in a commercial collection? You know, while still making money. That's a it's a good question. Very challenging goal. And that's what we're trying to do with the new facility. You know, it gives me the space the time to do that. It's awesome. Well, you know, you're just gonna get more people pissed off at you, Garrett. I don't know, I'll tell you. Why would they be pissed off at that? I don't know. Same reason they're pissed off because you up upped any kind of get the uh your 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 booth, you know. Gosh dang it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I think if you do something different than you like, like the statement I just made, someone out there has AstroTurf and a hot rock with their green iguana on it in a 10 gallon aquarium. And they're saying, are you suggesting, sir, that what I'm doing is subpar? What makes you better than me? Um, and that's, that's going to happen, but that's a, that, that doesn't have anything to do with the validity of my statement. That's just a defensive. I know. That, yeah so i think those of us that are like if we push we have to be willing to accept that social awkwardness that we might make people defensive and in no way am i ever trying to say i'm doing better than you are or whatever but what i'm trying to do is (laughs) you're not trying to say it you're just living it (laughs) (laughs) kind of like i mean i don't know if it's better for the animals and stuff i mean it's not it's not it's not really about a me versus you thing it's about can we advance the husbandry? And and what was it? I, I feel like it was um what was the quote like, you know, everybody, everybody loves what is it? Raymond. Everybody loves improvement. It's the change change I have a hard time with. <laughs> you know what I mean? We clearly you cannot improve if you do not change. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being a smart ass. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm excited to, I think I can make money and give my animals. A I know life. you can. I know you can. I have well, zero doubt that you can. It's, Absolutely it's zero. Not, it's not been done before. You know what I mean? And he, even when I see like, um, you know, we're both friends with Brian Barczyk, major revolution in his life. You know, he went from like the shoebox keeping of reptiles. He was literally like the face of keeping things in racks to now having this big zoo and saying how much he loves it and how much he's changed and how much he regrets keeping all the things in the racks all the time and stuff like that. But he's not making money breeding animals in that zoo. The zoo might be making him money, but that's because of other things, YouTube, visitors, tours he's not making money breeding animals in those in that zoo so what i'm suggesting is not to build a giant zoo for every one of my animals but i want to have some kind of a system that benefits the lives of the animals and makes money while i breed them in it there's this uh documentary that hill put on for the kids the other day and i wish i could dredge up whatever it was called oh it's like apricot valley farm or something like that some kind of stone fruit valley farms and it's this farm that's like two hours south of us somewhere here in california which the majority of the country doesn't realize that california produces food for a good part of the world but we do 
the state oh, does. Huge. Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody just thinks California, oh, LA. No, producing food for the entire nation. Um, the But this farm did it differently than they, it's like the opposite of industrial farming. It's like kind of like what you're talking about. It's very much what you're talking about, having something that's more like a family farm, but still producing on a not industrial compared to actual industrial farming, but being successful and running a business fam- family style with with not keeping things, you know, like like ground cover everywhere, like like crops growing over crops, you know, lower crops that are covering the ground and and not just the bare dirt that you see with trees growing out of them on all these other farms. And not killing, not just trying to kill any kind of predator that comes along with trying to incorporate them in with the farm, having the coyotes take care of the, of the um, ground squirrel problem and, and, and things like that. Um, it reminds me very much of what you're talking about on a, you know, a big outdoor farm scale. And it, so it, it can be done and often, or at least not often, but at least in the, in that example. And I imagine that if you do it the way you, I believe you're going to do it, it ends up being, better overall completely not just not not only are you going to be able to accomplish what you want to do which is give the animals better husbandry and and more of just more than an industrial environment and also succeed as a business it certainly can be done um anywhere i think the idea is and this is where the value of it is on a farm like what you're talking about if you can make it work and be profitable on one acre then you can probably do it on a hundred, but you have to have that system and that system has to be scalable. So figuring out how to do that in the first place is the hardest part. And it includes a lot of trial and error, which can be very expensive, you know, uh, time consuming and everything else. Um, But the idea is if I can do it, we're a relatively small business as far as like, you know, reptile breeding goes, you know, like there are way bigger production animal production facilities than what we do but um but if we can do it and and make it profitable then they can do it too and yeah, but you know what garrett it's uncomfortable and it tastes bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well you know what i um so the the one thing is like if i invest all that time and money into making that kind of thing this kind of this works with youtube too right you try something different you try something new and your success or failure ultimately is whether or not people will support you in it you know what i mean so the idea would be do you care that your apricots come from a farm that incorporates the native environment or do you just look for the cheapest apricots you know knowing that they they cleared all the land killed all the animals and then cover everything in pesticides so that their apricots can grow and and also give you cancer when you eat them (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying do you care you know and i have faith that people today do care and connect with the history and the family behind the animal oh that's 100 percent correct yeah i i think they do they do so at least it the higher end and that's kind of why i don't do the like kind of mass production of basic species not basic is the wrong word but like uh widely accepted species you know um because there's there's 
they're too commoditized. The people running them have, have failed to preserve the artisanship in the breeding of their bloodlines. You know what I mean? And they're just trying to produce. So it's pretty fun. If it fails, you know, I'll just go into like watchmaking or something. Yeah. <laughs> Find something else that's I, completely useless. I don't I don't think it's gonna fail. I, I would be I would be very I would be shocked. I would be shocked and appalled if it failed. I don't see that happening. What's up, Noah Sage? <laughs> what? You wanna say what's up to Garrett? Here, take the headphones. Hi, Garrett. Hey, buddy, man, you're getting big. You're about ready to take on your old man, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're like three years away. So how you doing, buddy? Good. Yeah? You guys having a good time this summer or what? Yep. Yeah? How's your mom and your uh, brother and sister doing? Good. Yeah? What's mm-hmm. What's new and exciting in your life today? What's something that you're newly excited about? Uh, let's see, what did I do today? Well, started out talking to my grandpa this morning, because he was here this morning, and then, um, school, yeah, some school, yeah, we did some school, and then, um, we put our little baby chicks in the coop with our um adult chickens nice that's like pretty cool. getting them ready to head to the coop yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah. like a graduation ceremony for chickens <laughs> yeah kind <laughs> of how's your how's your grandpa doing what what's the coolest thing he's ever taught you or said to you do you have any wisdom for you uh, a lot of things. <laughs> I can't even think of them all right now. Oh, you just got to share one. Pick huh? a good one for us. Pick a good uh, one. Well, he taught me a lot of things about fishing. Yeah? What's What's the most important thing you think when you go fishing? Uh, Dad, did you teach me how to unhook the hook from the fish's lip yeah you did that um he helped me learn how to cast a lot better oh cool yeah that's good and then what comes along with that is learning where the fish might be hanging out in the first place huh Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool stuff man well i miss you bud hopefully i'll get to see you soon i uh it's been too long since we got to hang out on the beach that one day remember that what was that we were hanging out. There was like tide pools and we were rocking on the rocks and I got totally sunburned. And then I did that crazy skit with your dad where I was pretending I was Bobby Wheatgrass in the basement that, that day. What did we find on the beach, man? We found, well, we found all kinds of cool stuff, but we were looking at the glass stuff and sea glass we were collecting. And I ended up sending you guys a tumbler. Did you ever even oh, use that tumbler? Uh, we haven't found many good rocks to put in it yet but um oh. yeah i remember that yeah we were good. at the bluffs at cayucas yes that was the yeah, one yeah yeah i remember that blue corn waffles that morning oh yeah those things are good heck yeah buddy 
Anyways, hopefully you can come to Pittsburgh sometime soon. Yeah. Tell your dad you want to come to Retic Fest. That's when is it? Summer. It's this summer. It's in July. It's at my house. Tell your daddy you don't come along. Okay, I will. All right. Tell him, uh, what is it? Neo friend and the Carmel kid need to have a reunion. Okay. <laughs> Get together. All right. Sounds good, Noah Sage. Yeah. Hey, give your family my love, okay? All right. All right. Are we going fishing tonight? Are we going fishing tonight? I'll go small. I'm asking you. I want to. Okay. Yeah, I got, speaking of fishing, I got to take these guys fishing in a minute. He sounds a lot more mature than the last time I was out there. Yeah, I, he is. Um, <clears throat> I want to tell you about this guy a little bit. Um, so when, when he was like two and a half, three, we sit around the kitchen table and he would tell us about God and he hadn't been to school or anything at that point. He just, it was just like, where is this coming from? You know? Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see. And so we, we do this thing, the two of us, a lot of it, we'll, we'll like have what we call party nights where he he's had a nap or, or he just has extra energy at night. And just the two of us will hang out and have a party, which generally means maybe getting some in and out or, or something like that. <clears throat> and the other night we're, we're doing just that. And I, we play dice and stuff. And I got the dice set up on the table. I was like, all right, brother, we're gonna have a party night and we'll go, go get some in and out. We're sitting in line in and out. And I started thinking, you know, maybe instead of just like going back and eating and out and, and playing dice, like maybe we should go over some verses because it's been a big part of, of that. Like go over some Bible verses or something. And I'm thinking this in my head as we're standing up, sitting in line in and out. And he just, well, the second that I'm thinking that he says, dad, I'm, I'm really glad we became Christian. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like what? what? And I was like, why, why, why? And he just kind of broke it down in a simple no sage type of way. And I was like, that's well, funny, but cause I was thinking instead of dice, when we get home, I was thinking we go over a couple of verses and just kind of and do that instead. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So he's been, he's been very encouraging. Uh, as well um it's been really fun to watch him as much as he challenges me a bunch you know i i feel like i've become a much better father in this journey but uh, he's still challenging me all the time i just you know i, I try not to snap but sometimes i snap and i'm just like dude get it together <laughs> but uh i don't know where i was going with that other than i, I can awesome kids i wanted to ask you what's your uh I was asking him what kind of wisdom he's got from his grandfather, but what's, mm. uh, what's his favorite verse or your favorite verse to go through with him? I don't, I don't have a favorite at this point. I, I really couldn't say a favorite. Um, Do you have any that have really hit hard for you? There's, there's been a number there. There's been, it just depends on what the situation is. Um, okay, that's fine. It looks like it's just gonna be me and him fishing tonight. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, man, there's been stuff in Romans. I still have a lot of studying to do. Like I, I still, I have definitely not been through every book whatsoever. But um, Romans is a big one because those guys were basically early Americans. <laughs> right. Right. So the country, the culture, everything is very similar. Yeah. I, well, I like in Romans eight. I just just to be able to remember and acknowledge that all men fall short of the glory of God period. And, and just to remember that is, is very helpful because, you know, at times people get, I think, and I had this too, 
this idea of what a, what a Christian is like, oh, you got to be perfect, right? Or you got to, and, and everybody fails at it. So I'm like, hey, Christians, look at you <laughs> failing constantly. Yeah, I didn't understand. And and I I do now. Um, I'm still learning to understand more, but it, that's that's one. I really, I really appreciate the Lord's Prayer. I'll, I'll wake up and I don't have it memorized per se, but I'll, I'll wake up and I'll do a little warm up my body. You were kind of watching me doing it one morning at your Airbnb last time at, uh, at Tinley when I was like doing, you're like, is that some kind of self-love thing where I was like, I was doing a, a spine warm up basically. I grab my grab self. Yeah. It looks like I'm hugging myself and I just roll my spine. And that's a little session I do most mornings and it's a little almost kind of yogic type of warm up the body thing. <clears throat> and every morning I pray, Right after I do that, uh, not that I, I don't, I never planned to, but after, as soon as I'm like getting back up from having gone through that little session with my body and I, I feel like, oh man, so good to be alive. And I just, so I just pray and very often I um, do my own version of the Lord's prayer, I guess. Cause I you know there's, there's different versions out there. You got King James, you got all the different translations, but I do some version of it just because it is that it, it's so, it's so good just to, the concepts are, are deep, but the idea of them if is is simple, you know, just you will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I think that most people want that at the core of their being and soul, whether they, they know it at, or not in those type of words, like you want heaven and earth to come back together so that we can be like we were before everything got broken. And, and we're so separated from, from nature as we are today. And, you know, everything's discombobulated you want that you want that you want that back and you and you want to i want to i should say i want i feel and when i say i, I want i feel like everybody wants that but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong but oh, there's a part of us there's a there's a part of us that uh you know you're talking about everybody's sin and falls short of the glory of god i think the way that that translates into everyday life is that you know you have this desire for something better than what you have now and i'm not talking about like a newer car or this or that i'm talking about like you know you want to be a better person than you are today you want tomorrow to to bring you more fulfillment in your purpose than today had and it's kind of like this this yearning that you're always reaching for you know what i'm saying yeah and and just to and also to accomplish that that idea of to be forgiven for the your trespasses to be forgiven for for the places you mess up and to also right behind that have that idea of i need to also forgive those that are messing up at me or towards me and because if i want forgiveness i need to give it and yeah it's just it's it's a beautiful the concepts that i've been pulling out of that book are just so beautiful in their it's just how 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 beautifully balanced all the all the ideas are you know, it's, it's just, I, I'm not going to try and put it into words right now. Cause I'm just going to screw it up horribly, but it, it's been <laughs> uh, sorry, a, bunch, a bunch of really smart people that did, they put it all together. They call it the Bible. But... <laughs> for, for those of you that are Americans that want to chase that, like, you know, you can be better. You were made to be better. How can we do this? Romans chapter six through eight is some good stuff for sure. So but all right, brother, man, it was good talking to you. We'll have to catch up soon. Yes, sir. We should bring the stage to retick fest. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Maybe we'll even go fishing. Yeah.
<laughs> or you know, just catch a snapping turtle or something. <laughs> fishing is, you know, it's it's a broad statement. <laughs> yeah, I only go fishing, so I have fish to reel in all the water snakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're eating trout tomorrow night. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, buddy, that sounds good. Oh man, cool. All right, yeah, I'm gonna roll. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. Hopefully uh, you guys are enjoying this, these little conversations and little connections as much as we are. And uh, we love you guys. I hope to connect with you guys soon. You were saying you like connecting with people. Find a way, get somewhere we're going. Let's let's have that little bit of connection. That'd be fun. So. Amen. <laughs> love Good you, night. Amen. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Searchable is a reptile.